Hello, everybody. Thank you for coming back to our third episode of the Rust Belt Rundown, Rust Belt Recruiting's very own podcast. My name is Nick Fopiano, and I'm joined here today uh, by a Mr. James Smith, a Rust Belt Recruiting Territory Manager. But I think that title has changed just a little bit, hasn't it? It has. It has. Thanks for having me, Nick, and I'm uh, really excited to, to talk to you today. Um, yeah, definitely some some changing times over here with my role and, and Rust Belt as a whole. So I'm going to be moving into, <clears throat> excuse me, more of a director of operations, overseeing our account management as well as the recruitment side of our business. Um, been with the organization for coming up on a, about a year next week. And, um, you know, it's it's been a really exciting time and um, been great to, to partner with an organization that's making uh, a huge difference in, um, you know, impacting the amount of lives we are here in the, the Northeast Ohio area. Yeah, that, that's very interesting to hear how you've uh, progressed here at Rust Belt. Um, by the way, congratulations on your work anniversary. Uh, big milestone. There. Thank you. <laughs> um, now, <laughs> Appreciate well, it. Why don't you give us a little insight for our audience? Uh, what What does your professional background look like? I, I hear that it's fairly extensive within recruiting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, funny enough, I actually went to school for sport management and uh, got a minor in business when I was down at Ohio University. Um, that's actually where I met our owner, Taylor Evans. So we were in the same sport management, um, you know, class there. We graduated in 2011. Um, and it's funny how, you know, our, our paths kind of crossed here over the past year or so with, not having, you know, contact over the past eight to nine. But um, yeah, I actually um, started out my professional career in Pittsburgh. I worked for the Pittsburgh Pirates and did some, did some inside sales for them. Um, really enjoyed my time there. Got some really good experience, um, you know, talking to, talking to people, selling, um, you know, working with customers. And it, it kind of, you know, kind of where I, I, you know, cut my teeth in the, in the sales business and new, new business development. Um, you know, from there, I uh, started my career in healthcare staffing. So I was with an organization uh, that was based in Chicago, um, had about 20 or so offices across the country and worked in our, our Pittsburgh branch for uh, about five to six years and led, uh, one, led one of our territories out there in, in healthcare staffing. So we we focused on doctors' offices, hospitals, as well as uh, pharmacies. So, um, you know, started out in recruiting there, worked my way up to an account executive, and uh, was in that role for about five to six years with that company. Um, you know, like I said, I spent some time in Pittsburgh, ended up moving down to Nashville to head up a territory down there for the organization. And then um, my uh, my career brought me back to Cleveland, where I'm originally from. Um, I'm from uh, from the Akron area, so it was great to get back here to be closer to friends and family. And worked uh, worked for about a year, year and a half here, still in healthcare staffing and recruiting. And last July, I was ready to make a change with my uh, my professional career. And Taylor and I crossed paths again, and and here I am a year later. So uh, yeah. it's been a it's been a great ride and you know, certainly, you know, met some great people and had some really good experiences. 
That's awesome. So out of genuine curiosity, I mean, I don't even know if this has anything to do with what we're supposed to be talking about right now, but um, how did you uh, (laughs) tell us a little bit more about how you met Taylor back in college? And uh, if you want to expound upon uh, uh, how that relationship came full circle about a year ago and come back to uh, Rust Belt. Yeah, sure. Definitely. So, so we were actually in uh, the sport management uh, group down there, Sport Management Association, and that's where we, I believe, first crossed paths, and we had some classes together throughout our time there, um, and, and you know, in sport management and some of the business classes we were taking. And um, you know, it's funny we 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 knew who each other you know were. We crossed paths here and there. We um, you know weren't weren't super close at Ohio U, but um, you know, I, I knew that he had started a company in, in recruiting and staffing and when I was kind of scouring the market last summer to, to see what type of job opportunities were out there, I had come across the job posting he had for Rust Belt and uh, it, it really matched up well with my background and what I was still looking to, to stay in at the time. Um, and I, I think, uh, I think the story goes, I applied through indeed. And I think maybe two or three hours later, Taylor texted me and said something along the lines of, Hey, this is Taylor from Ohio U uh, sport management. Do you remember me? And <laughs> it, it was just really funny. And I said, yeah, of course, you know, and um, I, I didn't know who was handling his hiring at the time and, you know, didn't know the size of the company and so forth. And um, we ended up grabbing uh, a coffee the following week and had a really good sit down and, you know, more so just, just catching up over the last eight to nine years. And then, kind of seeing what my experiences could bring to the table for Rust Belt. Um, after that initial meeting, I had a chance to meet uh, the team the following week and had a really good conversation with them. And I think, uh, I think the following week he offered me the role and I, uh, I started a couple weeks after that. So it, right. um, you know, moved, moved pretty quickly and it's just really funny, you know, where, where your paths, you know, kind of cross down the road and, just keeping your network tight and, um, you know, hopefully I, I, um, you know, was, was frontal low, you know, with Taylor when, um, I had applied and it, and it sounded like I, you know, I was, and he recognized my name and so forth. So yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, we've been great partners for the last year and really looking forward to, uh, continued growth here at, at Rust Belt. Yeah, that's funny. My, the, uh path of meeting Taylor was almost as fortuitous. <laughs> it was, uh, it was uh, yeah. one of my old bosses down here in Dallas actually saw a post that he posted looking for somebody for marketing and uh, commented on it. And I swear the next day we, he called me at what I think it was about seven in the morning, my time on a, on a Sunday. We talked for, <laughs> I think about an hour and a half about the trades and about marketing and stuff that, <laughs> yeah. That's Taylor so funny. Is, yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you started off with medical, uh, recruiting in the medical field in in Chicago and around the country. Um, how was that transition into the trades? Cause I know that trades is a lot different than anything else in marketing, but I'm, I'm interested to hear about how it's different in with the recruiting aspect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you know, I, w- I would say from a recruiting and staffing perspective, no matter what industry you're in, 
you know, a lot of the, a lot of the language is transferable, um, whether it's, you know, talking about contract, contract to hire or direct hire positions. Um, when you're talking about hourly bill rates versus maybe a direct hire fee, um, you know, that, that, that is typically from what I've seen pretty standard across the board. Now, I think where the tricky part comes in and, and where, um, you know, really I'm still kind of learning to this day is, is really, you know, understanding the positions in more detail, understanding the clients, um, you know, in, in more detail, kind of getting more ingrained with their organizations. Um, that's, that's something I've really, you know, had, had some pride with in my career is really getting to know, you know, our, our clients in and out and really understanding the jobs that they want us to fill. So as I was, transferring from working on medical assistants and LPNs and RNs and so forth to now working with welders and maintenance techs and CNC operators. It's, it's certainly a different type of conversation. Um, you know, I, I think what, what we've seen out there in the market is a lot of people don't need to be, be picky nowadays. Um, or I'm sorry, they, they need to, they can kind of be picky just based on, you know, what, what type of roles are out there. Um, you know, a lot of people aren't going to school anymore for the trades. Um, you know, so that's been a big push here in the Northeast Ohio region to, you know, really attract these, you know, middle schoolers into high schoolers and, and show them that they can have a, a very successful career in more of a blue collar field. And I think now based on people going to school, investing in their careers, maybe going to a trade school for, a couple years, getting a certificate, getting a, a degree, these people are, are a hot commodity and they're really needed all over, all over the area. So I think for me, you know, what I'm kind of getting back to is just, just understanding the roles in, in more detail, understanding how those roles function within the factory um, and, the, and the plant that they're, you know, working in. And then, you know, obviously finding that good culture fit based on the client we're working for. So you, so, so the amount of detail and, and how intricate you have to be with the clients is, uh, is a major difference then. I, I think so. Yeah. You know, I think, I think a lot of the roles are, are transferable client to client in this industry, but sometimes it, it gets really specific. If you're talking, you know, maybe I need a big welder versus a TIG welder, or, you know, I need, I need someone that's worked on a Blanchard grinder, um, or a rotary surface grinder when you're, you know, really getting into the weeds of what these um, machinists and, and skilled trades people come to the table with. Um, that's, I think, really helped us um, when we go out and recruit roles for people in the market, just understanding the differences between the different skills and roles that people that people have versus, yeah. you know, when I was working on medical assistance back in the day, um, you know, more times than not, a medical assistant can work in really any different doctor's office. You know, if they maybe have some, um, you know, specific experience in one area, whether it's cardio or maybe neuro, that's certainly a plus. But I think here, you know, it's, it's different industry to industry that we work in, um, you know, client to client. It, it's, it's different what they're kind of looking for. Right. So along the lines of those differences, what was the most challenging part of adjusting between these two industries uh, in terms of recruiting? But yeah, give, give me what, what, what personal challenges did you face? Sure, sure. Absolutely. So, 
you know, I, I think, like I was saying, just, just really understanding the roles, um, you know, is something that I'm still getting used to to this day, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, someone on the production floor or if maybe we're working on more of an engineering position or maybe even a management position, um, you know, understanding how that, that role intertwines within the organization. Um, you know, I think when you get into any kind of industry, whether you're recruiting healthcare, say IT professionals, um, construction or, or laborers, really being that subject matter expert and understanding what those people actually do in those roles and to even take it a step further. Um, we always love to get out on site with our clients and take a, you know, take a walk throughout the facility, uh, meet some of their employees, talk to whether it's the plant manager, um, maybe one of the team leads or supervisors to, to really hone in on what they're looking for. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's really, I think the service that we've been able to, to carve out um, specifically in, in, in our industry is, you know, we're, we're not a, um, we're not an hourly recruiting company. We're not a day labor recruiting company. Um, you know, we, we more so work on long-term contract to hire positions as well as direct hire positions. And we're going to send you over, you know, our, our top two, three, four people and not flood your inbox with 10 people that, that might fit the bill for what you're looking for. So I think we've really been able to add some more value and, and really, um, you know, grow our partnerships with our current, current clients. That's awesome. So, I mean, I'm trying to think about what to ask next. I mean, you know, obviously we could talk about COVID, how it's impacted the industry. Um, Absolutely. We, we can harp on it. Um, we have a lot already on this podcast, um, but there sure, still sure. are lessons to be learned. You know, um, what's what's something that's come out of this that's changed your your career from your position and how you do your job? What's something that's come out of this whole thing that um, that you foresee taking with you past the epidemic and stuff like that? Are there any practices, anything like that, that you are going to uh, implement past this? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when, when everything hit there in middle of March, you know, I, I think we probably had the same, you know, initial reaction that everyone did when Governor DeWine shut down the, the state and, you know, obviously across the country, states were closing up. Um, you know, it was certainly panic mode for a couple of days, but I think with, with the vision that Taylor has and what we were seeing in the market with actually more people being available now versus if they hadn't been furloughed or laid off, we, we looked at it as an opportunity more than a threat. Um, so, you know, our mindset was, we're going to go head, you know, head on into this storm. We're, we're not going to, to hold off either hiring internally. We're not going to, you know, stop prospecting, um, you know, talking to our current clients about needs. Obviously, you know, things were, were shifting and almost moving daily, but I think we, we just saw it really as an opportunity where some of our competitors, uh, you know, probably more so thought, thought of it as a threat to their business. So, um, you know, obviously we're about four or five months into this now, and I think we're still evaluating it day to day. 
Um, we saw, you know, an immediate slowdown there in March, but we've, we've certainly seen an uptick now, I would say probably starting around Memorial Day into the beginning of June. Um, really, really seen a, an uptick in the amount of needs and especially, um, you know, needs for contract to hire folks and more so on, on the temporary side of things with organizations providing, you know, different things for the PPE or, um, you know, something for the for frontline workers, you know, that's something that I think manufacturing has really been able to, to help out with, with this pandemic and, um, you know, specifically in the area that we're in in the country, um, you know, there's a lot of companies in Northeast Ohio that have been really on the forefront of trying to help out any way that, that we, that they can. So, um, you know, I, I think too, obviously it's been a, been a shift in how people work. We were uh, a Monday through Friday, go to the office every day. Um, it's really, really imperative that our team is in lockstep with each other. We're all on the same page. So, you know, moving away from a five day a week, you know, in office schedule to, we were, we were fully remote for probably two to, to two and a half months. Um, now we've kind of shifted back to going in office a, a few days a week. And it's really helped with the, the new folks on our team, just being more collaborative, sharing information, sharing ideas. It's a lot easier, I think, to do that when you're in office than, than remotely, but we certainly do value our, our remote days as well. And I think that's I something that do. we could, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think that's something <laughs> that we could probably, you know, bring with us, uh, you know, as we, you know, continue down this road with, with the, the state that we're in. And I, I, I think everyone's still kind of up in there with when will we see, you know, some sort of norm or, or will this be the new norm? And I think it's just something we're trying to navigate every day. Right. What is your, uh, what does your crystal ball say, Mr. Jimmy? Are you, uh, you see <laughs> what, what are you predicting? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I think it's still, probably a little bit too early to, to tell, um, you know, I, I, I think we'll see some stuff come back to, to normal, hopefully by, by the end of the year. You know, I, I think initially we thought July, August, September, you know, we'd really see, see us get back to some sort of norm. Um, you know, it, it really hindered us and, and it's still hindering us with getting out on site to visit our clients. Um, just the amount of traffic in and out of facilities, a lot of places, would still like to kind of keep that at a minimum, but I, yeah, I'm really they, optimistic. Oh, sorry. Are yeah. they, are they limiting, uh, like onsite, onsite, uh, visits and stuff like that? Yes. Yes. I would, I would say the majority of, of clients and processors are still limiting that. And, you know, in some situations, if, if we're working with a new customer or, um, maybe we have a newer, you know, recruiting teammate working on a position where we'd like to get them out on site to see the facility, We've been able to work some things out like that. And I think with some of the different protocols that the organizations have put into play, whether it's wearing, wearing the mask, you know, bringing hand sanitizer, keeping your distance, we're certainly trying to be mindful of that and, you know, abide by, um, you know, the rules that are in place. But, uh, but yeah, I'm really hoping, you know, by the end of Q3 and the Q4, hopefully we'll, we'll get back into, you know, a real good steady rhythm with, with industry here in the area. Um, but I think right now we're just trying to, to tackle it one day at a time. One day at a time. Yeah, that, that is interesting. Cause I'm, I'm going back to school, 
uh, what is it, here in about three weeks. And so far, at the time of this recording, knock on wood, we're, uh, we're going back to you know, in-person classes and stuff. So I think it's in- interesting how different industries are are handling this. Um, do you think manufacturing Absolutely. is handling uh, To be honest, do you think manufacturing is handling this well? Or how do you think we've done thus far? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think a lot of the the manufacturers in the area were deemed essential in right. in March and into April, which 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 was great. Um, you know, we, we we certainly were talking to customers and prospects that unfortunately had to to furlough or lay off 50, 75, 100 people just just due to the, the business that they were in and the industry that they were in. I think um, I think tier one and two automotive suppliers really have taken a big hit over the past few months. Um, we've certainly seen oil and gas industry be affected by this as well, but I, I, I think we're, we're, we're managing it best we can. No one has, has ever been through something like this. This is, right. you know, a once, once in a, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's a once in a hundred year type of thing. And I think we're, you know, trying to navigate it in real time. Um, but I, I think manufacturing as a whole has um has has tried to push through as best they can with whether it's you know calling people back we're starting to see that come into play as well which which is phenomenal for the area i mean the last thing that we need and and want to see is is people unemployed um so i think the the clients um, that we've worked with and some of the customers calling their folks back um you know being open to partnering with a company like us to try to attract some of the top talent that um, you know, I had alluded to earlier, might not have been available if this pandemic hadn't hit. Um, so we've seen a lot of companies discuss top grading their team and trying to, um, you know, really bolster their talent uh, for the long haul. So I think some customers have taken advantage of that. But I, I, I think, you know, as a whole, we're, we're in a pretty good spot. Obviously, it's industry to industry. And depending on the, the products that you make and you manufacture, you might have been hit differently. But um, I think everyone's trying to push through as best we can. Yeah, trust me, I know the oil. The, I'm down here in Texas. Oil and gas is definitely taking a hit. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm sure we could harp on COVID-19 all day, but I, I'm still interested about you, um, and I'm sure our audience is as well. So, how much? Uh, I know you said that you're making a transition over to operations. Are you still going to be doing any sales stuff, or how involved are you going to be? Uh, in that respect. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think the sales piece will, will dwindle down a little bit for me. That'll probably be maybe 10 to 20% of my, of my job moving forward here. I'll still have some interaction with, with the current customer base that I work with. Um, you know, that sales and customer interaction will, will still be a part of my job, but I would probably say about 75 to 80% of my day-to-day will be the operational piece with the account managers as well as the uh, recruiting um, recruiting coordinators in our office to, you know, really kind of raise the bar on that, that side of things. Um, right. You know, drive some, drive some accountability, um, you know, work collaboratively as a team to, to get the results that, that we're striving for. And, um, you know, I think my experience with a, a large um, corporate staffing company has really opened my eyes and, 
really helped me kind of see different ways to to go about our day to day. You know, it's it might sound um, like it's it, it's an easy role for someone who hasn't been in, in recruiting in the past, and maybe you yeah. think you just pick up the phone and you know find a resume and call a candidate. But um, you know, there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes, and you know, really trying to make that perfect match for the client and the candidate. Um, so we're, we're really going to be driving home some new training initiatives, some learning and development. Um, we're actually moving right now to a, a new applicant tracking system. So that's really exciting for us as, as an organization to, uh, to get going with that. So we have a, a lot of work on our plate, but I'm really excited for the future and, and, you know, my new role here. Right. So what, are you going to miss sales? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. Yeah. Taylor, uh, Taylor and I have talked about it a few times and, um, you know, I, I think for right now where I'm at in my career, this is certainly a, a, a good move for me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, miss the, the day-to-day grind and, yeah. you know, getting out on site all the time, um, and seeing my customers. But I, I think with where we're at as an organization, um, you know, we, we've, we've seen a little bit of a bottleneck on the account management and recruitment side that, um, you know, hopefully I can come in and, and kind of right the ship and, you know, bring some new ideas and strategies to the table to really bring us to, uh, to, that, to that level that we want to be at. Um, you know, we're, yeah. we're still a, a two and a half year old company, still a startup, um, you know, still working, you know, really to get our, our wins wherever we can and, and, and grow this thing into, uh, you know, a large corporation. Right. I, I, from what I've seen, I'd liken it to like a ER trauma surgeon going into family medicine, you know, smoother, but you miss the old days. Um, kind of, kind of what we talked about earlier. Um, there, there are a lot of misconceptions. You touched on this, uh, couple minutes ago you touched on this that there are a lot of misconceptions uh about recruiting but also recruiting in the trades um you know i have talked to a couple people on this show and one of the kind of common elephants in the room is yeah the the trades are a different breed um so what do you what do you think one of the most common misconceptions aside from it's as easy as just picking up the phone and, and, and dialing up people. What do you, what do you think that people get wrong whenever they think about recruiting? Sure. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, you know, if you haven't ever worked with a recruiting company, it can definitely be a different process for you. Um, you know, I think, I think sometimes our industry gets a bad rap because maybe we don't have the best interest of the candidate or we're trying to get a, you know, a quick fill trying to make a quick buck. And I think, you know, really with, with Taylor's vision and, you know, where he wants to kind of turn the recruiting industry on its head on that side of things is by giving just a different level of service to the candidates that we, that we work with. Um, you know, sure. We, we, we are in a, you know, a for-profit industry, but at the end of the day, we want to make sure that the, the client and the candidate are happy. We want to make sure it's a, it's a fit on both ends. And, you know, really make sure that we're doing our homework when we are sending, you know, say our top two to three candidates over. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of job opportunities right now in this space. It's, it's super, super competitive. So, you know, we're up against competitors like us day in and day out, as well as the, the companies that handle, 
their recruitment internally as well. So, right. um, you know, really kind of trying to find that that perfect match um, on the candidate. And it, it sometimes just isn't there. And, you know, that's where we can come in and be consultative and, and say, hey, we found maybe a 70 to 80% match on the job. You know, maybe these two areas could be, you know, a, a training, um, you know, a, a possibility for training for this individual to get them up to speed for how you guys do things. Um, so that's where we tried to be consultative, you know, just have a little bit of a different approach about it. And, um, you know, that's, that's something that I, I think our recruitment team sees, sees day in and day out. So, um, so what benefits are there to using, um, uh, recruiting companies? What, what would you, yeah. What would you say to somebody thinking about using us, um, as, as consultants to crafting their culture, their, their workforce? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think obviously first and foremost, um, you know, we're, we're, we're experts in our, in our industry, in our space. This is solely what we recruit for is manufacturing and construction. Um, you know, we're, we're probably within just talking in the state of Ohio, about 50 to 60 miles of downtown Cleveland. So, um, you know, we, we are really scouring the market for the best talent possible. So I think just being, you know, another set of eyes, in addition to maybe the internal HR or talent acquisition team, um, you know, trying to really top grade and find, you know, the, the best two to three candidates rather than sending over, you know, just, just 10 people to, to flood maybe a manager's inbox. Right. That's, that's not what we're, that's not what we're about. So we, we more so take a direct hire approach with every recruit that we're involved in. So is that, from the time that. Is that unique to Rust Belt or is that, is that an industry as a whole thing? I think it's, I think it's certainly unique to what, to what we do. Absolutely. You know, some of the, some of the other staffing and recruiting companies out there do offer contract to hire as well as direct hire services. But what we've seen, you know, maybe on the contract to hire side is there's 20, 30, 40 openings where you're trying to attract a number of folks and, you know, maybe if they have welder in their resume or maybe machine operator, um, you know, they might think that that fits the bill, but at the end of the day, they're actually looking for more of a specific, maybe say CNC operator or someone that's maybe been, you know, specific MIG or TIG welder. So that's where we really hone in and not sending you just a warm body, um, just someone to, to kind of, you know, get, get going in the job and Hey, we'll, we'll see how it works out. That's, right. that's not that's not our approach. So when you when you partner with us, we start a recruitment process. Um, you know, more times than not, I don't want to say from scratch. We might have some people that have are, you know been in the mix that we've talked to over the past weeks that say, hey, if you guys have a job that maybe pays this, it's this you know amount of distance from my home, um, maybe has you know some of these different benefits and perks and and whatnot, give me a call. So. Um, that's where we really try to tailor our approach. Um, we're going to spend two, three conversations with these individual, really get to know them in and out, build a rapport, build a relationship. And then from there, you would see our, our top, say, two to three people that we've screened for that position. So, um, you know, if, if we have someone that maybe fits the bill already, that's awesome. And that can kind of cut down on our, our turnaround time to fill a job. But I think you you feel a, a little bit of a different approach working with us because we're 
tailoring our approach specific to what our customers need and not just trying to, to find them a warm body. Yeah. Hey, so I'm pretty proud about that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I think, I think that's, um, that's kind of been my mantra as I've gone throughout my career here is quality over, over quantity Quantity. and absolutely. And, and really trying to be more of that consultant, um, than just another staffing provider, you know, the the staffing and recruiting industry is, is pretty, um, is pretty competitive and there's, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of us out there. So if we can, you know, carve out a a niche, carve out a different approach and, you know, provide our, our customers with, with the value and support they're looking for, I, I think that's really where the difference comes in working with Rustelt than any other organization. Yeah. So we, we could talk all day, but you sound like you're pretty busy with this new transition and stuff. And uh, yeah. So <laughs> what, what kind of final thoughts would you like to put out there? Um, it, you know, it could be anything from why use us or why use recruiting in general or, uh, what would you have to say sure. to businesses struggling? You, anything. The stage is yours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I want to want to thank you, and um, you know, it's been great chatting with you today. Um, you know, love uh, love connecting. You know, with our counterparts across the country, and I think you've Thanks. done a great job with these. So, um, props to you. But yeah, no, I think you know, as as a whole, um, you know, we. Uh, we really see ourselves as a, a change agent, I think, in this space and really, um, you know, in, in the areas that we recruit in, um, you know, we're, we're trying to obviously find the best quality candidates that we can for our customers. And in turn, you know, we want to work with, with customers that value us as a partner and hopefully we're bringing them more value from, um, from a candidate standpoint than a cost standpoint. Um, and right. I think that's where we've, really been able to to kind of carve out our our niche here in this market and really make a good name for ourselves and you know all all of our partners are you know near and dear to our heart and we uh you know would certainly love an opportunity to partner with with the different manufacturers across the area here and i think we can really um you know provide a different level of service than you know maybe they've seen in the past just working with a temporary staffing company um you know we're we're really going to you know, sink our teeth into the organization and, you know, in turn, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to provide that quality service. And at the end of the day, that quality candidate that they're looking for. So I think there's a a big opportunity for us here in in manufacturing construction across the area. And I'm just thrilled and excited to see, um, you know, that space grow for us and, um, you know, as well as just the Rust Belt team in general to, uh, to take that next step in the, as, as an organization. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us again with our podcast series, The Rust Belt Rundown. Uh, Once again, this is a new initiative for us, and uh, we'd love to hear your feedback as always. We'll have uh, have a new podcast every two weeks, so stay tuned for our production featuring industry updates, commentary, and business advice. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching Rust Belt Recruiting, and you will find us. Visit rustbeltrecruiting.com to learn more about our cause and find the Rust Belt Rundown in writing, as well as uh, other articles that we've published in the past. Uh, once again, I was joined with uh, James today from Rust Belt. Uh, James, 
thank you so much for taking the time to be on and talk with me. It has been uh, a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Nick. I really appreciate it.